Yo, this is Sam's Sports Podcast. It is Thursday, June 15th, 2017. How's everybody doing out there? I hope you're doing well. I am so fucking excited because you guessed it. That's right. The greatest guest I've ever had on the Sam Sports Podcast ever is back on the show to talk some NFL football, very specifically the New York Jets, because basketball is behind us. Shaka, welcome back to the podcast. How are you doing? Well, I don't know, man. That's pretty high honor, the greatest host. Um, I'm flattered. I'm flattered. What's going on out there, podcast fans? I'm glad to be back. Dude, you should be flattered, man. Everybody uh, everybody who listens to this show loves you. At least uh, that's the impression that I've gotten. And uh, I usually listen to the show often, so I love you. So um, <laughs> sorry, but my impression is still the uh, the top of the food chain when it comes to uh, what people think of you on this podcast. Completely okay with that. <laughs> um, but <clears throat> we're here. NBA Finals is behind us. Golden State Warriors took the title. Wasn't a particularly large surprise, but... I've been pretty much going. I do. It was very exciting. It was a clash of the titans. Um, Ah, Relatively, we can discuss that in another podcast. That that can be a whole other podcast in itself. (laughs) Um, But I've pretty much been going nonstop NBA basketball talk since the Super Bowl happened. NBA's behind us. The playoffs are over. The championships have been hoisted. now it's time to get back to a little bit of football. And after the last couple of um, publicized transactions of the New York Jets, you and I kind of looked at each other and said, listen, we got to talk about this. Yeah. Um, listen, uh, so I'm, I'm just going to start us off. Uh, we'll start with the quarterbacks. Let's just open it up there. I think there's plenty of places to go, and we can flesh out all the other roster moves they've made. But... Let's start with the quarterback position. So we know now Ryan Fitzpatrick's contract has been voided. Geno Smith is no longer on the team. They formally moved forward, as much as you can say, regarding Bryce Petty and Christian Hackenberg. And then they went and signed Josh McCown, the ultimate backup quarterback, but is going to kind of keep your starting quarterback seat warm for the time being type quarterback in the NFL. Give me some of your reactions to this. What do you honestly think is going to be the outcome of this season from the quarterback perspective? Let's start there, Shaka. Well, uh, you know, that's probably the hardest question. And I think, honestly, the Jets aren't really sure about that. But I I think you can say for certain that they really, really, really need to kind of find out what they have in Christian Hackenberg. Mm. Um, Unquestionably, look, they spent a number, you know, a, a, a second round pick on this guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, which obviously shocked everyone. Uh, his big knock is that he's his accuracy is you know it leaves something to be desired. Quest- questionable. Yeah, it's 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 shaky. You know he always had the talent, but just the accuracy was never quite there. Um, I think the Jets saw some potential there when they took him, and it still has yet yet to kind of uh, come to fruition. So they have a few questions to answer regarding Christian Hackenberg. Uh, I mean that. That small story in and of itself is part of a bigger story, I think, um, when you think about all the other off-season moves they've made, which have gone from, you know, seeming to kind of put a, a competitive team on the field now to, it seems, to a full rebuilding mode. Yeah. You yeah. know, so and I think now people are looking at it as they're they're pretty much, well, you, I think you'll find this funny 
it's basically called um what is it the so the number one pick potentially for next year is going to be um usc's quarterback his name is sam darnold yep yep so they're basically um you know they're calling it uh tank for sam <laughs> the, the campaign right now so basically i think people are looking at it as the jets are kind of folding it in they um, reserved about eighty million dollars in cap space. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you know they're stockpiling weapons, and I think they're basically trying to blind themselves up as the recipient for this. Uh, I mean, actually, the 2018 uh, NFL draft class is going to have quite a few options at quarterback, much more so than this past season. Yeah, I agree. So there, there are going to be a few options there. Sam Darnold's at the top of that list, and I think the Jets are looking at. You know what? If Hackenberg doesn't pan out. We have potentially our future quarterback waiting uh, in the college game. Now, can I ask you, in your opinion, start of the season, who do you think is going to be higher up on the depth chart, Bryce Petty or Hackenberg? Uh, I think common sense would tell you to look and see that Josh McCown, you know, he's 38. Yeah. He's he's got a pretty good arm for an NFL quarterback. He's been around long enough, obviously. So, you know, um, even as a journeyman quarterback in, in this league, you know, your time can come up at any point. But to make it to 38 and still playing football and still, you know, for a starting quarterback position means you've got to have something. Yeah. So McCown, McCown's still pretty solid. Granny played for the Browns last year, which is almost an identical situation to what we have now, mm-hmm. where we had 17 rookies on that team. Yeah. We really didn't have much of a chance to compete. Yeah. You know, so I think Josh McCown's a familiar territory. Um, that being said, he... He still found, you know, a good rapport uh, in Cleveland with the wide receivers out there. You know, particularly another former wide receiver um, in Terrell Pryor. Yeah. They had, you know, for the time that he was healthy because, you know, they had the seven quarterback carousel. Mm-hmm. So Josh McCown, I would say, is a starter in my mind for the Jets. But I would not be surprised if you saw the Jets really get Christian Hackenberg some reps at some point, I don't expect this team to really get off the ground. Mm-hmm. So, so I would expect to see Christian Hackenberg at some point during the season. And Bryce Petty is kind of in a weird limbo in my mind. Yeah. He's still on the roster, but I think from what I see, saw of his showing as a starting quarterback last season, I'm not enthused and I don't have much confidence in him as a starter. He's more of a backup in case McCown gets hurt, I think. Yeah. And I think Hackenberg is going to get some reps at quarterback. Okay. Um, let me hit you with this question. L- uh, Josh McCown stays healthy the entire season. Let's, ju- let's just say that. Okay. Josh McCown doesn't have an injury that knocks, you know, he usually gets injured in some capacity. If he stays healthy the entire season, does he start 16 games? No. I, mm-hmm. I really, I honest to goodness can't really. I, I think they, the Jets, and look, not just myself, but just expect you know the New York sports media mm-hmm. to really ride management, especially if they're not doing well, they're not performing great as a team, and we're still not seeing Hackenberg get any kind of significant reps. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, right now in training camp, he's hitting um, reporters and cameramen with his uh, his throws in minicamp. Mm-hmm. I think that I think there's going to be just a call for you know what you guys aren't winning anyway. At least get the get the um. Give him a shot. We got to see it. Let's get this pick on the field. Uh, Let's see what we have here. You know, I I think there's, and you and I have talked about this before. There's kind of a hesitation about, you know, rushing uh, a project quarterback into, you know, into a starting role or into actual NFL time. You know, it's kind of putting a deer in headlights. Yeah. 
It's it's almost like you break the player forever if you do it wrong. Exactly. They never really recover. They're always looking at their blind side to see if they're going to get hit. Mm-hmm. And they don't really get that confidence in the pocket. So I I'm, I think they're, the Jets are in a really tough position where they just don't have that luxury of letting him get the time to develop and really kind of get confident, mm-hmm. and, you know, throws in his timing with his receivers, which is another problem because the Jets have pretty much flushed out all of their starting receivers yeah. from last season. Do you- Brand new I mean, should we slide to the wide receiver position now? Yeah, I think it's a natural progression. Go ahead. I th- besides the exception of uh, Robbie Anderson and Quincy Inunua, mm-hmm. I think everyone here is uh, is kind of fresh blood. Yeah. Uh, look, Brandon Marshall is now a giant, yeah. which I think is a big mistake. Um, Brandon Marshall, I mean, just an incredibly naturally talented guy. One-on-one in the red zone, he was almost always money. Mm-hmm. Um you know, but I think just the problems in the locker room that he had, particularly with Sheldon Richardson, they had like this ongoing beef that didn't really come out until towards the end of the year. Mm-hmm. Kind of made it, made it easy for the Jets to kind of let him go. Yeah. Um, Eric Decker's shoulder injury pretty much sidelined him for the entire season. Yeah. And he kind of cut this past week. You know, so I. And that was the major impetus for you and I to talk was because, listen, I kind of figured Brandon Marshall was going to be out the door, but. When they cut Decker, that was sort of the sign to me of, oh, oh, they're really yeah. doing a rebuild. That was a big red flag in terms of your, your sincerity of, like, competing. Yeah. So once you cut Decker, um, who was still recovering from his uh, his his shoulder surgery, mm-hmm. um, it was really looking at this as, all right, they're, they're blowing this thing up. Yeah. Um, I mean, the one, I will say the one positive, uh, I do like the, their draft pick, um, Ardarius Stewart. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, 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 kinda, I really like his college game. He's not much of a speedster in terms of, uh, you know, the the natural wide receiver talent, but he's one of those guys. He's just kind of he's got a nose for the end zone. Mm-hmm. He gets the ball. He's great in the open field. He makes some good cuts. You know, and he kind of he maximizes what talent he has. So I'm really I was really pleased with that pick. And obviously Jamal Adams is a, a naturally just super gifted uh, safety. So I, there are some positives, but mm-hmm. um, I, I still think this wide receiver core is kind of uh, raw. You... Robbie Anderson had some nice catches last season Yeah, as a deep threat, but mm-hmm. I mean, I just feel like just he, he kind of fits into that mold of like, you know, like he'll either hit you with a big bomb or he won't do much in a game. Yeah. Um, he, he's you know, got a little bit of that Torrey Smith, that white, that Mike Wallace, like. That's the perfect comparison to Torrey Smith or like a Brashad Perriman, like those, you know, kind of guys. Home run hitters. Yeah. They'll have two catches for 70 yards. You know, now, so, uh, yeah, they have some, they have some holes. Which one, now, if you had to pick a number one receiver right now, who do you think it would be? Uh, I think it's probably going to be Quincy Anunua. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, I mean, and again, Anunua was a great possession receiver. Yeah. But I think about, you know, um, man, I think about the old Jets quarterback days where we had Chad Pennington, mm-hmm. and he really did not have any deep threats one to throw to. Not that he had a great arm to do it anyway, but, you know, um, just really not. He he had the Green Lantern. He had a few guys that could you know catch the ball in midfield, but nothing as a uh, in terms of a deep threat. But I think Quincy Numa is the guy they're going to rely on. You know to get him. He's going to get at least ten looks a game. So it's going to be interesting to see, man. There's a lot of uh, big questions. They're really being thrown to the wolves here. Yes. Yeah. And you know let's let's slide right into another position that um, was really shredded this off season was the offensive line. Oh God! They moved a lot of yeah. I mean, Nick Mangold. It was a huge move, which is stunning to me. That means I think when you really think about the core of 
what you're trying to build as an NFL team. You know, um, your linemen have to be at the forefront of after quarterback. Yes. And, you know, you got a guy who's a nine-year vet, Pro Bowl every year, you know, just he's going to be in the Hall of Fame, I, I would say, at this yeah. point. Yeah, I and, agree. And you cut him, and it really wasn't that much of a money issue. Like, you have so much cap space now. It, it, it really, that means to me, like we look, we said um, Eric Decker was kind of a big red flag. I, I thought Mangle was the part that scared me the most, I think, just in terms of well, you're going to let that guy go. I know he was a little bit older, but still had at least three more years worth of football in him, you know, mm-hmm. to play. So that was really a big shock to me to see them let go of Nick Mangold. I mean, I, I agree with you because I do think that, you know, unless Mangold wanted out and unless he wanted to play for a contender, I agree. Why do you let him walk? You could you could have him retire as a Jet. You could keep him a couple more years. Um, you know, I think maybe some of the injury issues came in. And I think, and I think maybe they started to just see some of the age, and they just, you know, he kind of got lumped into this this bucket of we're cleaning house and we're getting rid of all the veterans, and we're we're cutting salary, we're cutting everything, and we're just going to bring out a bunch of fresh guys with a low payroll. And I mean, I think there's like you said, tank for Sam. I think there's a complete expectation that they might not even get four wins this year. It, it might be a three and thirteen team. It's just a really, it's a baffling concept when you think about, okay, you, you want to kind of see what you have in, you know, your your quarterbacks. You should at least give them the, you should offer them the most pass protection as humanly possible. Exactly. You know, so it's just counterintuitive to me or counterproductive. It's like, just to, blow to the money on Nick Mangold and Brent Giacomini. Keep them around for another year or two just so these young yeah. guys can at least get a few confident games where they're not getting sacked. It's not going to hurt you in any way. If anything, it'll at least give you a definitive, this is not our guy. Mm-hmm. But if he's under pressure every time he drops back into the pocket because your offensive line is so shaky, mm-hmm. of course, you know, he's not going to build a confidence, one, by getting some solid, constructive reps. Two, I mean, the New York media can be brutal. So it's not oh, going to be so much of a question of, oh, my God, the offensive line is terrible. It's going to be Christian Hackenberg is terrible, but he's not going to have the opportunity to really get his feet under him like I actually I mean that literally and figuratively speaking it's like <laughs> I have a chance to get his feet under him to really see what he's made of so you're pretty much you're you're you're, you're sandbagging him yeah I I just those things really kind of sent shivers up me because it's you got to grow this quarterback and I'm totally with you in the sense that yes your quarterback is the number one concern but right after it's your offensive line and I mean I think Stop me if I'm wrong, but I think they signed Kelvin Beecham. Did that happen? I think I saw that. Yeah, they signed Kelvin Beecham, who, you know, if I'm correct, I believe he was pretty darn good in Pittsburgh. And then I think he went to Jacksonville and washed out in Jacksonville. Um, yeah, so they're, they're, they're picking up guys that, I guess, the bargain basement yeah. edition. They're just, they're just grabbing guys where they can at a premium. They have a bunch of guys they picked up in the offseason, you know, um, were just basically, I, I wouldn't say. I guess washouts are the best is the best description. Just guys who are you know kind of just journeymen and yeah, looking and, uh, for a spot to. Uh, what do they know. like to call? Uh, there's a great uh, street free agents. That's what they like to call them. <laughs> street free I, agents. I saw that they signed you know Demario Davis for yeah. the linebacker position after after cutting you know David Harris, who's 
legitimately. I mean, you know, is it nine years? I think he's been with the. Jets? Should we now flip nine to the defensive seasons? side of the ball? They cut David Harris. Yeah, this just, it just it, the list goes on. And the worst part is, you know, if they were going to do this, they could have done it definitively months ago yep. when free agency started to give him a chance to kind of find another home because he's look, he's still a super talented yes. linebacker. He's not the cream of the crop, but the guy's been consistent mm-hmm. over his nine years with the Jets. Mm-hmm. You know, always been a big part of the defense when it was great. When it was terrible, he was the anchor, you know, just a smart guy, a team guy. And, you know, all I think it almost felt impulsive that they were going to keep him. And then all of a sudden they decided it was, you know, too much. They didn't even want to renegotiate his contract. Um, and they just cut him. I mean, I think there's an element of they definitely saw him aging. Uh, I think he lost a step last season. Yeah. Um, I think there was a little bit of they wanted to do it as a post-June 1st cut. I mean, maybe they got a little bit of a benefit. for. I mean, I'll have to look it over the cap.com, but I think they might have gotten more cap relief by cutting him later. But I think you're right. It, they could have kept him there. Um, it's a pretty shrewd move. I Even if we're looking at it from the standpoint of just respect, the guy's been dedicated to the team, and I think the least they could have done was given him a chance to find you know, maybe one more home with one team could kind of finish out his career. Yeah. If even. I so mean, it, it sounds like he fell into that same category with Nick Mangold. You know, yeah. this real sense of just like shamelessly getting the veterans out of there and just being like, dude, you know, and, and this is this is something we need to, we've been dancing around this point so far for the entire podcast, but the reality is, and you stated it earlier, in a market like New York City, it is extremely difficult for one of these major franchises to do a complete teardown and rebuild. Yeah. You know, it's one thing if the San Diego Chargers do it. It's one thing if the Jacksonville Jaguars do it. But we're talking about the New York fucking Jets. And you know that anything's going to come out in that New York Post and they're going to be shredding. Listen, it's the butt fumble, uh, uh, Chad Pennington. Hell, Bryce Petty could fart the wrong way, and it's going to be on the cover of the New York Post. We're so, not known for our patience. Uh, no. So, you know, and, I, and this is something I've uh, – I read The Ringer a lot, Bill Simmons' website, and um, Mike Lombardi comes on there, and he does a lot of great commentary. I, I think I've told you this before. But one of the things he was mentioning was how <clears throat> two years ago, when the Jets brought Brandon Marshall, Ryan Fitzpatrick in – they went, I think, 10-6. and six. They end up missing the playoffs in the final game of the season. You're with me on this, right? Yes. That He says that that was bad for the team because it was sort of like a, like a deception making everyone think like the team was taking a step forward when in reality that was kind of just one kind of fluky good year where Ryan Fitzpatrick played really well and Brandon Marshall played really well and it kind of gave everyone this kind of false sense of confidence like they were moving forward you know they gave Fitzpatrick the the contract even though clearly the Jets didn't want to give it to him last year yeah and they kind of reloaded on some expensive players and sort of hung in there with their veterans thinking they were going to take a step forward and the whole team imploded they went four and twelve they and they essentially were like we're going four and twelve with a bunch of high profile you know veterans here now it's like they are just ripping the whole thing apart I mean when the hell was the last time you can remember the Jets truly dismantling the team to this level? Would, I mean, I honest to goodness, I probably was not that much of a football fan when that happened. Right? I, you know, it was always there would always be a surprising cut. I remember feeling a kind of way when Kevin Mawai 
was mm. a big starting center, and he got cut and mm-hmm. got picked up, I think, by the Tennessee Titans or something mm-hmm. like that back in the day. I remember that was like a big, big blow to me. Mm-hmm. But it's, you're right, it's never been this big of a blow up in terms of just kind of gutting the team. Mm-hmm. I will disagree with the argument that it was kind of false hope. I think we all thought that okay. the Jets, you know, were legitimately, I wouldn't say one step away, but probably a couple additions to kind of really put them over the edge. And right. I thought they would have been a competitive team in that, you know, in that AFC East mm-hmm. with the Patriots. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know what? It just, that's the way sometimes the NFL season happens. We, you know, one year the Panthers are, you know, Super Bowl contenders, and yeah. the next year they're absolute shit. It doesn't mean that, you know, it, it just could mean things just don't swing your way. Yeah. All those all those things that were flaws, you know, that you kind of got by on one season, all of a sudden get exposed the next season. It happens. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, you know, I think about, like, the, the New Orleans Saints, where, like, they were a team that would just rack up points on you. Yeah. Rack up points on you, rack up points on you. And one year, all of a sudden, the defense doesn't show up, and every game for them is a shootout. Yeah. So... It, it it's just the way the coin you know flips sometimes. Yeah. And the Jets just tend to have you know the coin flip uh, against them more often than not. It's also been tough to have Ryan Fitzpatrick be the guy. Ryan Fitzpatrick well, yeah, I mean, has I mean, has fooled many a team. It's infamous. The Buffalo Bills did it. Buffalo the, Bills did it. The Texans have done it. Texans so did it. it. He's he's broken many a heart in his uh. In his traverse of the NFL. About the, and the, the only team I could around. think of that wasn't really duped was, um, I think it was the Titans. I think he was on the Titans for like a for like a season, and he actually played pretty well. But they were like, "Uh, uh-uh, uh, we're not bringing you back." <laughs> they're like, "We are not, we are not being duped by this shit, man. Get out of here." It's been great, but you gotta go. But hey, man, Fitzpatrick is gonna he's gonna find a job. I believe he got signed already. I think he got picked up by the, the I... Buccaneers as the backup. Oh God, I think Which he's is weird. I think he's going to back up, uh, you know, uh, uh, Jameis Winston. I, I'm trying to remember. Uh, I didn't so many teams that have picked up players in this offseason. Uh, you're kind of looking at a few of uh, the transitions. Like, I, I was thinking about Kansas City, for example. I've been hearing about nothing but Pat Mahomes. Oh, yeah. You know, and I'm like, wait a minute. I'm pretty sure they still have a good quarterback out there. Why are you guys kind of pushing him out the door. They are t- they are totally buttering it up to get rid of Smith. They they yeah. I think there's a complete understanding that they've reached the, that they've hit his ceiling and they're not going to yeah. get any better. And so it's it's been a very interesting offseason to see. I've been kind of just I've only really focused on the Jets, not as much on the Giants as I really care to, but I, I think I feel like the Giants in and of themselves they they what they have on paper kind of speaks for itself. They they're loaded as shit right now. Yeah, they are. They so are. you know they're they're the marquee team in New York right now. So the Jets can afford to do a rebuild at this point because no one's really going to be checking for them anyway. I have I have friends who are also Jets fans who are joking that you know what I think it's time I just became a Giants fan because <laughs> at this point it, the, the the Jets management doesn't really seem to care what the fans think anyway. Uh, um, well, can I ask you about the running back situation? What do you think is going to go on with the running backs? Like we still I have Forte, but the I mean, only what only thing that I feel okay about in yeah. terms of uh, this season. Matt Forte's still great. I know there are some people kind of pushing for Bilal Powell to have a starting job, mm-hmm. but I think we've done one thing the Jets have always done pretty solidly at is having a good running back by committee. Um, you know, set up on the field. We don't have a marquee uh, type of... We haven't had a marquee type of player to run running back, really, 
I, I think since Curt, Curtis Martin was hired. Mm-hmm. And really, uh, you know, everyone we've picked up is, I wouldn't say an, an aging star, but I mean, that's more or less the description I like to use for it. Ladanian Tomlinson had yeah. a few great years, but he was more of a red zone threat. He yep. couldn't give you, you know, those legendary, like, San Diego days. He, he was not day. San Diego Ladanian when he was in New York. Yeah. Not by any means. I still think he put up 800 yards rushing, but again, it was kind of a running back by committee. Yeah. You know, I think he was sharing that time with Sean Green. I think Sean Green's probably one of the only running backs we've had who had, like, a legit starting job role with the Jets and ran for it, you know. No, it's, I mean, hell, they tried to do it with uh, Chris Johnson. With Chris Johnson Chris Johnson was there for a hot minute. So, yeah, it's. I, I think I think we're okay at the running back position. I like Bilal Powell as well. Uh, I think... I don't know. He just he's not the type of running back I would give the ball to, you know, for a starting job kind of load for an entire season because he tends to wear down towards the second half. Mm-hmm. He gets beat up a lot, so he it's good to kind of rotate them in and out to keep them both fresh. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd like to. I'm going to finish this off with a with a little bit of the defensive side of the ball. I think we've covered a lot of the offseason moves so far, but I I have to. We're getting to. We're we're like 25 minutes into this podcast and. Uh, we haven't said Darrell Revis's name once. Who? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's uh, uh, the the whole saga with Darrell Revis that we had to deal with all of last year, and all of the the woes he had defending, you know, marquee names at wide mm-hmm. receiver. And it was and so clear. Point, yeah. It was so clear he did not have the same step as he used to. I think at one point I just kind of had to accept that. And he even accepted, he said, I'm old. He yeah. basically said, I'm old. Granted, he was what? How old was Revis? He's what, 31? I think so. It's 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 not old for human being standards. It's it's old yeah. for football standards. But yeah, for for NFL, you know, speed and, you know, peak performance. He is, he, he is 31 old years old. He will be 32 in a couple of weeks. Which is, you know, look, a couple of marquee guys got cooked last year. Maybe none so badly as he did, mm-hmm. but it it was time to go. Um, let, me, let me pose this question to you. Would they have cut him if the incident didn't happen? And for the record, he was completely cleared of everything. No charges yeah. were brought. Nothing came of it. It ended up he was the victim. He did not do, he did not do any of that shit. Um, but would they have cut him still? I'd have, to be perfectly honest, I would have said yes. At this point, when you're jettisoned, so much salary and you're getting rid of so many veterans and i mean they, they took what a six million dollar cap hit i think i think so to, to get rid of him at that point you just kind of you know you, you hit you hit the, the the refresh button on that and you just kind of start over i think they would have gotten rid of him regardless mm-hmm. just it was time to go and at least on the defensive side of the football they're kind of trying to revitalize a little bit and you know breathe some life into it by getting a couple big time safeties in the draft. So they're, they're at least making some kind of concerted effort to, to make the defense uh, young and active. So. Uh, now, before you get away from the defense, they did sign Morris Claiborne to a one-year deal. How do you feel about that? Yeah, I think that's probably just to plug a hole. I... Morris Claiborne is another one of those guys we're talking about who's just kind of, you know, just I, he – not really a washout, but he's been around. He's been around for a while. Yeah, he, he has had a very up-and-down career with the Cowboys. Yeah, he's competent, but he's not exactly superstar status. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so what do you? what's going to be their record for this season? Ooh, man, that's the rough question, isn't it? Um, God, 
I, I honestly don't think it's going to be as bad as the Browns were last year at one and fifteen. But man, if we pull out three, we pull out more than three wins, I'll raise you know three eyebrows. I don't know where I'm going to get the third eyebrow from, but I'll raise it. Uh, <laughs> I just really don't see us getting past three wins. The Jets' management looks like they're just they're gonna they're gonna play dead this season. They've they've already they're they're putting all the pieces into place for a, a, a shit show yeah. of a season. It's Part just of my French, but no, it's 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 okay. I, I as a Philadelphia 76ers fan, um, it's really tough to go into a season and want to root for your team and have a complete expectation that they're really mailing it in. Right. It's just as a fan, it's it's really really difficult because I kind of think, and I would talk about this a lot about the Sixers about how they screwed up the PR game. You know, if they had just sort of kind of sort of gave the impression that they were trying and and sort of didn't show their hand to the fans you're, so much that they were tanking right. make me believe that they're actually i mean they called it the process but you know it really didn't really seem like there's any actual plan i mean look we look forward to they're going to be talking about that whole debacle for i think another decade in terms yeah. of just Hinky's either brilliance or just buffoonery. I mean, I think no one's really sure yet what the verdict is on that. Well, but, uh, you know, whether it was a positive or a negative, I think Hinky is being vindicated to to some extent, and I think he will continue to be vindicated as as they reap the rewards of all of his tanking. Um, <laughs> but I mean, hey, listen, they got. <laughs> It's what it is. They like, got the they, number three pick in the draft got, this yeah, year, and they've uh, got, they got the got Lakers pick next gems. year. It's, it's absurd. I mean, just it, it's the, the the luxury of wealth. But it's the, but again, like we said, look at what you had to endure to get to yeah. that point. And you know, you know, I think that's the thing you can't get away from is that at the very very core, you're delivering a subpar product to your fans, to your customers. I think that also reminds me to bring up one point. Go ahead. Todd Bowles is going to get fired. Yeah, that's that's something I didn't I didn't bring up either. But I'm thinking about it. What is what does this mean for Todd Bowles? Todd Bowles is basically, I guess, would you call him a lame duck coach at this point? He's he's basically the sacrificial lamb on the altar right now for everything that's going on. It's like, hey, look, we know you had a rough season last year, but we're going to do this thing where we're going to basically take away any remote chance you have of keeping your job. And letting you still remain coach. Well, Good luck. Let me let me let me throw something out at you. So it is a very New York Jets move to get rid of him after this season. If they win three games, if they win four games, hell, even if they go seven and nine, it does feel like it's a New York Jets organizational type thing to axe him and bring in a new coach. Just ask the old coach, Rex Ryan, or the old general managers. I mean I'm a big believer of a general manager and a head coach need to work in tandem. So when they got rid of, um, oh God, who the Mike Tannenbaum, yes, and they brought in John Idzik, and then John Idzik essentially had the job for two years with Rex Ryan before they axed both of them. I felt like that was a bad service for John Idzik because it's sort of like he just kind of came in in the midst of everything, yeah, and you're not even giving him a fair it. shake. I mean, look at from from top to bottom in terms of management on this one. I, I just kind of have to say that I, oh, I am not a fan of Woody Johnson, I, which I, uh, it kind of goes without saying. He he's he's a terrible, terrible, terrible owner. Yeah. Well, oh, well, I, let me ask you this: if they're gonna if they're going to dismantle the team like they're doing right now, which is very unconventional of the Jets, do you think like 
Could I, what do you think? Do you think that they could actually keep Todd Bowles for another season beyond this year with the understanding of, listen, we're tearing the team down, and if you go 3-13, and 13, we're not going to necessarily completely reflect that upon your performance? I see what you're saying. You and see what I'm saying? Remote, remote, I, if you had to quantify it as a percentage, I, I mean, it really, it's going to take nothing short of a miracle. It's going to take coaches literally every, you know, post-game press conference pulling something a la Hugh Jackson where they're just going to bat for this guy, going to bat for him, going to bat for him. However, I just think in New York, one, it's unlikely. Number two, let's not forget, over the course of a season, we usually get one of these assistant coaches or coordinators who becomes the new hot, you know, name and commodity. And I think the Jets are probably going to be one, if they end up tanking the whole season, getting the number one pick, they're going to be lined up one to be kind of this team that needs a a new coach. They need to kind of like be reborn, and they're going to need a, a new coach. To, yeah. You know, someone who's probably been on a team that's made a fantastic run to the playoffs. Yeah. Or, you know, made it to the championship game. Who's all of a sudden now looking for a head coaching position. Yeah. I'm really, I, I mean, I just dread it. And, I mean, all the stars will align for this one person. And, meanwhile, Todd Bowles has been kind of dragging the corpse of this Jets team for yeah. the entire season only to kind of be shown the door at the end of it. It just doesn't really bode well for him, I think. No, I, I totally agree with you. I think you're right. Um, it does sound I like mean, also, it does like, sound like he's Todd on his Bowles. way out. I love Todd Bowles as a person. He's a pretty straightforward and earnest guy. Yeah. But I think in terms of as I, and I don't mean to put it in a but personality in New York. He he's just not he he doesn't have that kind of uh look even Rex Ryan for what it was he's a big brash talker. Yes. That really didn't really put that down on the field in terms of wins. Mm-hmm. But you know what? The, the, he he made headlines. He, That's he right. was always on the back page. Even when the Giants were a better team, it was more of a Rex Ryan kind of, hey, look at me. Yeah. And yeah. I, I think Todd Bowles kind he, of doesn't have – he doesn't have that kind of uh, – that aura. No, he's, like he's more of a cool customer. and Yeah, and which is kind of what you prefer in a in a coach. I think he's more of a – not behind the scenes, but just out of the spotlight kind of guy. He'd be a great defensive coach. The Jets would keep him on. Yeah. Because I think he'd really help that defense, but I don't – I think in terms of him being at the forefront of a team, it just doesn't work. No, I, I, um, I think you're right. Uh, listen, and you know, I don't think his, his time as a head coach is completely over. You know, you were saying about sometimes offensive coordinators or defense who become the hot commodity. I mean, that's what Todd Bowles was. He got this Jets job because he was a hot commodity as a coordinator before he came here. Um, absolutely right. If anything... You know, I think you're probably right. I think they're probably going to fire him at the end of the season. But hopefully that will mean that he'll maybe get another head coaching job somewhere else. And then maybe he'll find out that that other franchise is a better fit for him. But, I mean, it just feels like he's gotten a little bit of a raw deal so far. Absolutely. I mean, I think you're right, too. You can look at a, a another team that's probably in a less, you know, media-driven market that would – welcome him with open arms i yeah. could see all of jacksonville for example or some team like that with like you know that could use a guy who's a hard-nosed uh you know defensive-minded background to mm-hmm. really come from a spine it's just in new york it's it's tough we're needy we're too needy we're fucking needy people here yeah, i know man i know what have you done for me lately exactly <laughs> where the fuck is my ring and why isn't it on my finger yet what's taking so long yeah 
Dude, I think that's about uh, I think that's about it. We just needed to cover some jets, and that's what we did. Is there anything else you want to throw in? Um, look, I've gone through all the stages of uh of mourning already. <laughs> I'm I'm pretty much on the acceptance phase right now. This is this is what my life is this season. I will be watching some games. I know for sure I'll be watching some games, no, no matter what happens, because even I would like to see this potential disaster that is Christian Hackenberg <laughs> on the field. So I, I'm going to have to ride this thing all the way to the end. Hey, man, you're a true fan. I don't care how shitty the team is. The true fans show up and watch. And, you know, even when it's a blowout, I, I mean, listen, even when the Eagles were bad, you know, I mean, the Eagles have been bad many a time. But, uh, you know, I'll sit there and watch that fourth quarter blowout and just be like, all right, what else am I doing? I mean, it's, let's let's see what the scrubs are going to do. Yeah, what are the bright spots we have here? Yeah, what are the, what is there to look forward to? Look, I've taken enough shit from Patriots fans uh, that I'm, you know what, I feel like I'm impervious to anything. Bring it on. Dude, God bless you. Um, all right, everyone, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening. We, uh, Me and Shaka doing some Jets talk. It's uh, it's about time. We needed to get the football back in it, baby. We're, uh, Feels good. Dude, as we hit summertime and there's nothing but baseball, no offense to baseball, I love baseball. I but but until football and basketball starts back up again, you know, uh, we gotta we gotta we gotta goose uh, we gotta goose the ladies' bottoms. We gotta grease the wheels. We gotta start talking about and buttering ourselves up for the seasons that are upcoming. And listen, the off season and it, you know it has not just begun. We are in the midst, but uh, it's certainly not over. And I'm sure there's gonna be plenty of drama to talk about before the season starts. Absolutely. Uh, all right, everyone, that's uh, that's all we have for today on Sam Sports Podcast. Thanks for listening. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. Like my Facebook page, Sam Sports Station. Follow me on Instagram, at Sam Sports Station. Follow me on Twitter, at SmithFaceJones. Uh, email Shaka and I with any questions you might have, as always, at SamSportsStation at gmail.com. And um, I also want to, again, thank you uh, to Don Kinian for my Sam Sports Podcast theme music. I've really been enjoying it. And uh, before we sign off, Shaka, is there anything else you'd like to uh, throw out there? Um, I don't think the Jets have done making any moves this offseason. I, I feel like they, they have maybe something else in the wing. I, I, I just don't like how they've left things at the wide receiver position. Okay. I think they need probably another another weapon. I again, like I said, Quincy Newman's great. Robbie Anderson has potential, I, I, but I think they need one more guy in the mix. Um, who knows? Maybe a tight end. But I think they're they're trying to trying to get um, their pickup from Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Safarian uh, Jenkins. Safarian Jenkins. I think they're trying to get him in the mix. So I I I wouldn't be surprised to see maybe one wide receiver pickup in the offseason. Okay, you guys, you heard it here first. Shaka is telling you the thing to be worried about right now with the Jets is their wide receiver core and look forward to Austin Safarian Jenkins possibly having a breakout year with the Jets. At least that's what they hope. We hope. All right, guys, that's all we have for today. Thanks a lot for listening. Uh, hopefully we'll be back soon. Maybe I can get Shaka back on here to talk a little Eagles as well. Remember, yeah, I like that. You guys have been making some good moves in the offseason. Got, got some nice moves. Howie Roseman knows a thing or two now that Chip Kelly's gone. <laughs> I like it. It's promising. Uh, But that's all we got, everyone. Thanks for listening. We'll be back soon. Take it easy. Enjoy yourselves. Bye-bye. Bye, guys.